Welcome to the Raven Precision Podcast. In this episode, Gary Esselink returns to talk about Sidekick Pro Direct Injection. We kind of go over the benefits and advantages of having direct injection, the different applications that can use direct injection, some of the pump types, and overall how the system works and what you can do to best take advantage of direct injection. We don't get into every nitty-gritty detail with direct injection, but if you want to learn more, Gary will actually be at the Farm Progress Show uh, giving a little bit of training on direct injection. And there's also going to be some training breakout sessions for Hawkeye and AccuFlow. The Farm Progress Show is in Boone, Iowa this year, and that's going to be from August 28th through the 30th. The Raven booth is going to be at 22N, as in November, so 22 November. It's going to be in the northwest area near the main entrance. So if you're around the show and you want to stop by and see what uh, Gary has to say about direct injection, or if you're interested in Hawkeye or AccuFlow, uh, just swing by. All right, here's Gary and me talking about direct injection. Do you want a Hershey's kiss before we start? They, someone, someone left some of them in here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you, I thought you did that. That's probably your new way to <laughs> settle, buttering, buttering up the guests. Uh, settle them down. <laughs> it's uh, those are all for you because I'm gonna, you're gonna be doing all the talking anyway. Uh, yeah. Do we just want to jump into it? Yep, we're ready to go. All right. All right. Let's talk about today about uh, direct injection. Direct injection is a way to inject pure liquid chemical into the mainstream of a liquid application. Uh, this would be an alternative uh, procedure rather than mixing the chemical into the main tank of the application machine. So direct injection has come more to the forefront in the last couple of years with the advent of glyphosate or Roundup-resistant weeds. Because of that, we've seen more dicamba-type applications and herbicides being used, which means that a person has to go more to crop-specific herbicides. So what I'm saying is when Roundup was somewhat universal, it would probably, for example, work on corn, soybeans, and wheat, you'd never have have to switch your chemical from going from one to the other. But now when we go to crop-specific herbicides, obviously uh, what is tolerant for one crop, what would be, for example, one, uh, what would be tolerant for corn would not be tolerant for soybeans or wheat. So this means more uh, tank mixing or more uh, flushing out of the tanks. And some, so that's why people are starting to turn and look more to direct injection in the sprayer area. But there's a bunch of other advantages that go with the direct injection as well. So some of the advantages of direct injection is that there's no tank mixing required. A person does not have to load chemical into the tank. The pump injects the chemical directly into the mainstream while the product is being applied. Uh, When it comes to that main carrier tank, the risk of cross-contamination is mostly eliminated. Another thing is clean-out is required to change from one chemical to another. So if one does not have to rinse out the full carrier tank, 
a lot of time and material can be saved when using direct injection mm -hmm. because all we're going to do is flush out you know the part of the main line where we inject it and off into the booms you know and then if you look at some of the chemicals require triple rinsing so if you have to triple rinse your tank probably use a neutralizer go through that uh, it gets to be quite a bit operation especially if you're using the main tank if you can eliminate that cleaning process it's substantial you know and then I would say another thing is so now you've flushed that tank out and you've worked with it well now it would, once a system or tank has been flushed you have to dispose of that flush material as well we have to keep that in mind right. that could include special collection and containment and the less amount collected that e that makes a difference because what do we do with that collected material uh, that also takes more time, and time is money, as we all know, is when we're applying, especially if you're a custom applicator. Fighting the weather, conditions, many acres. So saving time with less uh, required flushing can save a person a lot of money. So, um, like, kind of what it seems like is it's, it's, if you're doing tank mixing, it's easier on the front end, but the the cleanup is a uh, a little bit more involved but when you're doing direct injection you are um well it's probably you're really just mostly looking at the extra setup time initially right cuz yeah everything everything's contained if you have multiple injection pumps your different chemicals are contained um and then you don't you know then you just have water in your tank Correct. Or your main carrier tank, right? That is correct, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, is there mechanically, there's some setup time to mm -hmm. install a pump, et cetera. You know, if you had just a sprayer and could do tank mix. And let's face it, we're as we look back, do, using the Roundup was a pretty nice right. and fairly easy application because mm -hmm. you could just go from one to the next, and it was universal, it was acceptable, it worked well. And so now... It kind of has to go back to pre-roundup days in the uh, late 90s when that all came about. So right. we're going back to those type of herbicides. Uh, another type and advantage, it reduces waste from unused products. So I'll give you an example. Let's say a person has to apply a chemical on an 80-acre field, and his rate would be probably 10 gallons per acre. So he'd fill his tank with 800 gallons. 800 times 10 is or 80 times 10 is 800 gallons. The potential issue is, say, when we get to the 80-acre field, and let's say that there's still th three gallons of mixed material mm -hmm. left in that tank, what do we do with it? Well, obviously, we have to over-apply. I mean, right. that's done quite a bit, but it's still, we have to find a way to dispose it. But even worse, what if the operator gets applies what he feels is 800 gallons, and he finds out he's still probably a half-acre short? Mm. So now what? I mean, you're using a tank mix. Right. Do you have to use this tank mix for four gallons on a half an acre? Or five gallons, pardon me. Uh, that gets to be time-consuming and somewhat difficult. The nice thing about direct injection, it applies at, at that desired rate on the go. Uh, we just direct inject into the mainstream for only for the amount of acres needed for ap that application. Right. So, yeah, so if you run out, like if you run out with the main tank... You run out of water. Yeah. You just at that point, you just need to refill the tank with water. Right. And then you you don't have to readjust anything. You don't have to do the calculation for the mixing, and uh, right. You just leave the same rate, the 
the ounces per acre in your injection pump uh, programming. Correct. And then yep. you keep the same rate for you your just uh, would apply main product. even for that half acre. Yeah. So it's not such a big challenge. So in essence, you could probably put more water in that tank than you need mm-hmm. because you know that you always have the correct amount of chemical right. to inject at that mm-hmm. time. So that saves that type of calculation and those type of scenarios. The other nice thing is you can adjust the chemical rate within that field while you're applying. Mm-hmm. So if you had a tank mix, let's go back to our 800 gallons, we can't change the rate whatsoever. But if we had uh, a, we wanted to raise the rate from probably 20 ounces to 30 ounces, we could do that within that particular job right. within that tank. Now, I have to uh, warn you, direct injection is not for spot spraying. Mm. Some people like to think that would be the great solution for doing that. But you got to remember, and we inject into the main carrier line. So it goes into the main line, and when we apply chemical with a 120-foot boom on a machine driving at 15 miles an hour, it will take some time and distance for it to get to the first to the middle of the boom mm-hmm. and then make its way all to the way to the end of the boom. So you end, what you end up getting, a spray pattern, is almost like a V or what we call Chevron effect because it starts oh, sure. at the middle and goes out to the right. very end. So uh, actually, in order to spot spray, when we come to a, we would be the solution would be to have uh, direct injection right at each individual nozzle or tip, which we do not have. Direct injection does not do that. So just be aware mm-hmm. of that type of uh, thinking or where you want to go with that because that's not what it's for. I just want to warn people that, right. that to uh, on expectations that aren't there. <laughs> <laughs> and we is that usually referred to as what that's something it, latency. It's called it, well latency, but it's also called uh, you know, like I said, uh, real time injection is what we'd like to. Oh, call right, that. just yeah. what. Uh, but what it's the latency. Latency yeah. effect is what latency would be, how from the time it reaches the middle of the boom out to the end the, of the boom. the boom. So there's three things that uh, uh, affect that. That would be your ground speed uh, and your flow rate, mm-hmm. and you know, the the concentration of the chemical. Those are the things that all will affect that. So if you don't, right. and there really isn't a good solution for that unless you probably would have a second boom that's charged. But just mm-hmm. just know overall that it's not used for spot spraying or VRA application. Oh, sure. Yeah. Another thing is uh, I like to always bring up is time-sensitive chemical mixtures, mixtures don't have to be mixed in the tank. So... Some chemicals, when they're mixed, need constant agitation while suspension while being applied. Mm. So the tough part is, and this happens to everybody, what if we run into weather conditions such as rain or excessive windy conditions to delay the total emptying of that tank for the day or even a couple days? Uh, The remainder of that mixed chemical, if it's in the tank, just sits there. So uh, this could cause, when we want to... Start it up, reapply. We have to right. try and re-agitate. And some of those chemicals don't always want to agitate completely in that suspended uh, animation that they had prior to. Mm-hmm. So we could end up o- over-applying when we first start out, or as we go on, we could under-apply. But it's basically what happens. You could get uneven application if you don't get a chance to empty that tank completely right. due to uh, weather conditions that could affect that. So the nice thing with chemical or direct injection, when we're uh, direct injecting that chemical into that, is 
conditions are bad, we still have just pure water in the tank, and we only inject what goes into the booms. Mm. So that allows us much more flexibility in the weather conditions as well. Uh, reduced chemical exposure is another thing. There's no pouring or mixing while filling the main tank with water. We talked about that earlier. You know, it's it's a setup, but you still have to uh, pour your pure chemical into your chemical tank for the uh, direct injected uh, chemical, but still at the same time, you're not m- making a tank mix every time you fill your tank. I think another thing that's really nice is flexibility with multiple chemical applications. Let's say you do use a tank mix mm-hmm. and you're spraying something like soybeans and whatever you use for your herbicide, but you also want to run into some fields have a lot of volunteer corn. Not all, but some do. Well, now what you could do is direct inject your herbicide for volunteer corn. So you have a tank mix prior mm-hmm. to, and then, when, oh, this is a field that has uh, a lot of uh, volunteer corn, so now I'll use the chemical that kills volunteer corn, and I'll inject that as we go. So that works on the desired field. Uh, we're more accurate application were applied on a per acre basis during the application process so Mm -hmm. it isn't a whole tank mix we just apply as we need it on a per acre basis another big thing is separate chemical product for field records you ask what does that mean well i'll tell you what as applied records and data are becoming more and more important i mean we have to record prior to and afterwards Mm -hmm. uh, field conditions all these different things when we're applying certain herbicides well, direct injection can provide a separate record of the actual amount because you'll have one product is your pure water, mm-hmm. uh, and second product is your pure chemical, and as you eject. Now, I'm not saying anyone's dishonest or anything like that, but when you, you say, when you make a, t- makes a tank mix, this is how much I put on. Well, we can say actually how much is right. put on as you apply, and you have the record for that, just the chemical itself, mm-hmm. just to prove it. So I think that's a big thing there. Well, right, yeah, because uh, yeah, the, the field computer is going to generate that report with those chemical breakdowns or those product breakdowns. And then uh, even as we look at um, you know something like Slingshot with the, the new job generator yeah, and how that can be programmed in, kind of simplify that even more. But, yeah, it is becoming more uh, – er, it's becoming increasingly more important. Right, right. So I – I think that's a big help as well for people trying to apply all these different chemicals mm-hmm. because it does get more complicated, you know. If you were just applying one type of chemical, it's pretty easy, but you don't just have one herbicide for corn or one for beans. There's just a whole range of chemicals that right. people use. So mm-hmm. uh, knowing that and being able to use the correct amount in each scenario makes a difference. With the advent of some of the chemicals that are out there, probably more so with the dicambas out there, we're seeing the requirements of buffer zones. Mm. So some chemical applications are required by states to provide a buffer zone on a field to reduce drift. Now, there's a couple things that they can do. We we know they could go around the field at a lower rate or lower uh, pressure, or some of them do require... Uh, separate chemical to be used for that buffer buffer zone itself. So uh, a suggestion is you could use two direct injection pumps on your system, one for the buffer zone to go Mm -hmm. around the field 
And once that's done, you could go to your main product for the rest of the field on the inside of the field. So that would give you that option. I know there are some custom applicators. This is an issue. Do they have to designate just one sprayer to go to buffer zones and drive around every field and drive all over the country to do that? Well, this would eliminate having a designated sprayer. If you would have an injection pump, one for your buffer zone uh, herbicide and the other for the rest of the field, you can eliminate that extra sprayer requirement. And so uh, to get just techie for my own curiosity so like in that job it would just be you would have your uh your carrier line rate set up your injection pump your buffer pump and then your main pump and you're just like uh turn just have the one on for the buffer zone the buffer zone and then just switch it over and then it would reflect that in the report you'd see the color breakdown right that this yes, was the chemical would. that was used for the buffer this yes. was the one that was used for the yeah. main part of the field right. yeah. yeah okay so so that's that's an advantage, and mm-hmm. I mean, there's uh, there's always challenges when doing even buffer zones, no matter what. But by the same token, that gives you that option, right? Now, yeah. another th- beyond spraying, another advantage of direct injection is it saves on NH3 equipment. So, a lot of direct injection is used in the anhydrous ammonia application world, and so. Many states, uh, mm. many applicators, many people are turning to nitrogen stabilizers. And because of the nature of NH3 and uh, in general, many of the metal components such as tanks, plumbing, and coolers are required because it's a pressurized system. But so that we use a lot of metal parts in there. Now, there are nitrogen stabilizers, although they're very effective at what they do, some are or tend to be very corrosive of metal parts. Right. So the idea is if we use direct injection, we can bypass most of those metal parts and we direct inject right at the knife of the machine, of the applicator, the anhydrous ammonia applicator, and thereby the exposure to metal parts in the system is greatly reduced. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, so we're resistant to some of those things. So that would be a lot of the advantages of using direct injection. Why would a person want to go to that? Mm-hmm. Well, I just listed quite a few of them, right. I figured. Yeah. So I go on to, you know, what's Raven's solution or what do we provide with direct injection? It's basically what we would call the Raven Sidekick Pro, and most people associated with direct injection know that because right. Raven is pretty much the main player in the market as far as direct injection goes. Uh, we provided direct injection for our customers for 31 years, and we are – used mainly in three types of applications. Obviously, the ones we've mostly been talking about is sprayers for, for herbicide and fungicide right. applications, etc. Then there's NH3 toolbars uh, for the nitrogen stabilizers, stabilizers, and finally on planter applications. So we use it for insecticide and inferro applications there as well. So we provide a type of probably more specific type of uh, application for these lower rates or insecticides. Some of these, due to the high uh, exposure uh, danger part, we keep a completely closed system, so some no person mm-hmm. has to even be exposed to the chemical whatsoever. So, And we work with the chemical companies on that to provide that service. So um, those are the main three applications that we see the Sidekick Pro used for. Mm-hmm. 
So if we look at, you know, what is the Sidekick Pro? You know, it's a pump. It's a positive displacement pump. Like I said before, it directs or injects chemical into the mainstream of the applicator machine. So what we, it is a type of pump. It's got uh, two identical uh, heads, a left and a right head, uh, with a piston driven off an electric motor. The piston goes back and forth. Uh, you have on the left and the right head, on the bottom, you have an intake valve on either side. You have a discharge valve on the top. And so while we are pushing chemical out the top of the on the right side, for example, we are drawing in or sucking in chemical on the left side and vice versa when mm-hmm. the piston goes back and forth to the left side. does The opposite happens. And so we continually build the pressure up. Uh, we can build, uh, when people are worried about pressure, you know, we need uh, enough pressure to inject the chemical into the system. Well, the Raven uh, Sidekick Pro can inject up to 150 PSI. Okay. So that means, you know, we generally uh, can outperform any, you know, main sprayer or and main any application uh, line pressure that develops. Mm-hmm. Generally, we like to see about 10 PSI higher in the injection pump uh, chemical that we're applying and injecting into the main system than the main line carrier pressure is. So those are things we like to see. We have two type, two sizes. We have a high-volume pump. Uh, we can do 5 to 200 ounces per minute with a high-volume pump. It's a larger motor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a low-volume pump, which is 1 to 40 ounces per minute. Now, the high-volume pump, 5 to 200 ounces, covers most uh, sprayer applications, and that's generally you find them on a sprayer with mm-hmm. a driving at a higher speed with wider booms. That's more required. On a low-volume pump, uh, it's made more for the lower rates, so you'd find it either on smaller machines with lower speeds. So an example would be an, NA, an NHC toolbar or even a planter because mm-hmm. a lot of the insecticides are probably only applying 8 ounces per mm-hmm. acre. So we're pretty at a low rate here. But you got to remember, we always need a carrier line. We don't ever usually talk about injecting just pure chemical and letting it spray. We have to have some kind of carrier mm-hmm. and to work with it. The other thing is it's ISO-compatible. We have more than um, one type of sprayers. Uh, I would say I'll step back and say we have three types of uh, uh, protocols when we work with our pumps. We have Raven Can. Mm-hmm. That's our basic. That's where we started out with is Raven Can protocol. It's uh, Raven proprietary, so that works with our four and 5,000 consoles the older Invisio Pro, if they're still out there, the Viper Pro, and you could right. you even use the Viper 4. Mm-hmm. Well, the next step was we went into the world of ISO. So we used the ISO product controller, and then we can use uh, we could use our Viper 4 or any other ISO-compatible type of situation. And it does work with the older uh, John Deere Green Star rate controller, the GRC. And finally, this is our latest uh, release into the control market, and that would be the Raven ICD pump, or ISO client device is what mm-hmm. ICD stands for. Uh, eventually, this will be our only right. style of pump offered because we feel we're progressing, and uh, this is still in the ISO world. It's going beyond that. Uh, the old ISO product controller, this allows us more flexibility. The uh, issue with the old ISO system was you had your main applicator, screen and 
with that applicator screen, you could see what you were applying with your main carrier line. But then if you wanted to see what the injection pump was doing, you had a switch screen. So that could be why you're going through the field can be a bit uh, of a inconvenience, I would mm-hmm. say. So when we go to the ICD pump, it's a bit different. Now we can see the run screen for the injection pump also on the main what's object pool mm-hmm. or the main run screen. So you can see everything that you're applying. So even if you have... Uh, up to five pumps, which we can do with the ICD. If we can do that many pumps, you can see the application rate being applied on the main screen as well. So more control is given to the product controller. Mm -hmm. So this product controller, the types that are out there, it's either the Raven product controller 2 or the Hawkeye node or Mm -hmm. ECU. It's the Raven RCM or rate control module. Uh, That is also and the last one is the John Deere JDRC two thousand. They all are compatible with this ICD mm-hmm. pump. One other nice advantage of the ICD pump versus the other pumps with the Raven Can and ISO, you had to go through and select. Okay, is this a high volume pump? Is it a low volume pump? Right. What's the valve cal? What's the meter cal? I have to put all those settings in. It's all different to the ICD. It goes online and it communicates with the main product controller. Let's say a Raven RCM. And the serial number is automatically calculated, and it'll know right away up front if it's a high or low volume pump. So all those settings in the background are already completed. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do is look at it and say, go to the page and say, do I want this as Raven product two Mm -hmm. or product three? Depends on many pumps. You only have a lot product one uh, injection pump, it's going to be product two because right. we always program. We never want that to be the main product. Right. That's obviously your carrier line. Mm-hmm. So you select it as product two, and then you put your rate in, and that's all you have to worry about. Those are the only two settings, so it makes it really easy to add injection onto your system. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of the other things that we have, uh, it has an automatic prime feature. So it's just a push of the button, and it primes itself. Uh, it also has remote calibration. So in order to ver- verify correct calibration, rather than using a hose for a catch chest, which we still do, and we provide uh, the, the right uh, calculations in the product controller to be able to do that, we also have a self-contained calibrator. It actually measures one uh, ounce of material by using a sight glass, located on the pump, and this will eliminate direct exposure to the chemical. Another nice thing is the automatic pump flush option. When we're working with chemicals mm-hmm. and we want to clean stuff and change from one chemical to the next, and let's face it, there's other some chemicals can be a challenge if you left them set over a period of time, mm-hmm. that they just setting in the pump, they, if they're not in that, we talked about before, suspended animation, those type of things. With this, you can flush that pump out automatically just with a pump flip, uh, push of a button. It's got a three-way valve that's automatically open to your chemical tank. With a push of a button, with a push of a button, you can get the three-way valve to turn to a rinsing tank. Mm-hmm. The pump will pump its a desired amount of rate. The pump will shut down, and the pump will then, or the three-way valve will then turn back to the chemical tank. It's all done right from in the cab. No changing hand valves, et cetera, so it's made uh, easy to do. One of the things you have to realize with the nice part of it, it's uh, accurate to one-tenth of an ounce per acre. So when we talk about the jobs that we were talking about Mm -hmm. before, 
and how accurate we can be, we pump that. We can uh, pump that, and part of it is uh, you know helps with the motor revolutions. We we do not read flow on there, mm-hmm. which seems a bit uh, complicated, but we determine how many motor revolutions it takes to apply a certain rate. So that's all right. calculated in the background, so it knows the pump has to turn a certain amount of speed to pro- apply the certain rate. Right. So when we're counting motor revolutions versus uh, actual flow, that's why we can get so low to that 0.1 right. ap- gallons of application per acre. There's two things that an injection pump needs in order to work. It needs to read speed, and it reads boom sense. So as it's applying, it has to know how fast I'm going, but it also has to know uh, how wide my booms are. And it will adjust accordingly. So if you shut a section off, it will reduce the rate because Mm -hmm. it knows what the boom sense is and how much that is calculated ahead of time. Right. So that's some of the questions a lot of people ask. Uh, Yeah, because they... they, uh do have an ECU on them. Correct. That's doing all that rate calculation, just yeah. like a product controller would be. Yeah, yeah. And I think another thing is, too, is that uh, we give you real-time diagnostics. So when we had the older days with the pumps, it seemed like you had to have a whole bunch of tribal knowledge to mm-hmm. know, well, if my pump is running wide open, what do I? What could it be? And it's those type of things. Now, if some of the issues happen and you're getting, you will get an alarm, and you just have to go, and the alarm will pop up, and you have to. It'll just tell you what part of the pump you have to check out mm-hmm. to work with. So we've really made uh, diagnosing any issues with with a pump much easier to work with. So um, we have uh, just a couple things with troubleshooting, and I'm not going to go into too much detail. But what I would say is, if we're running into, if we are over applying. Mm-hmm. With an injection pump, almost exclusively, it's always the fact that your settings are not correct. And when you right. over-apply, it's pretty hard to over-apply and tell a pump that it's applying more. It's because your settings. You probably have your ground speed not set correctly, or else you probably have your booms. When we're going back to the two settings, sure. you probably have more figured in mm-hmm. for your booms or not. When we're under-applying, it could go back to settings again, but it's a va- it's an array of other things, too, that we can look at. And in, in your manual, direct that. And plus the diagnostics will tell us where to go. Um, the other thing was maintenance as we mm-hmm. go through a system. Right. You've got to remember inside these pumps are spring-loaded small moving parts. And so we have to maintain them. I've seen a lot of people over the years, they run it for the year one, and then they don't maintain the pump, and they want to go back in year two. And it's like, well, what's wrong with this pump? Well, you probably haven't cleaned it out properly. Mm -hmm. We need to flush these pumps out and clean them correctly. And uh, when when it gets to that, I always say know your chemical. Is it a water-based chemical or is it emulsifiable? Would it be uh, an oil-based chemical? And that makes a difference one way or the other because water-based, obviously, we flush it out with water. Mm -hmm. If it's emulsifiable or oil-based, maybe we'll have to use something like uh, fuel oil or kerosene to flush that out. So know what that is first. And finally, when it comes to um, off-season storage, if we're putting in cold-weather storage, we like to recommend that we you know, flush it out first, whatever mm-hmm. chemical you know, or whatever flushing agent we need according to the chemical. And then from there, we recommend using 50-50 antifreeze. I know there's people you can probably get by with the RV antifreeze, but we found out that Couple one in the more in the colder weather application, the colder regions, 
uh, like up here in Sioux yeah, Falls, right, where right. it tends to get colder, or even in our neighbors to the north in Canada, 50-50 does not get slushy right. or anything, so it stays better. Plus, we found that 50-50 antifreeze tends to keep the O-rings and seals within the pump better lubricated. So as a whole, we just kind of recommend using the 50-50, and that's probably the best way to go. Right. Yeah, because we've... Uh RV has been recommended in the past, but it's just after finding that it's not it it's not as good across the across it's, the right. It's not spectrum. not as you're not going to damage it or do anything right. like that. It's just I'd say fifty fifty is better. Yeah, it's just easier to use that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, other things, I guess we've got some self help things yep. on the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we want to. Uh, there is a video. It's only eleven short, eleven minute video, but it's on injection pump maintenance. Mm-hmm. That's how to take the pump apart. Um, you might sure. recognize a voice in there. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe Gary. If you want to see what the voice looks like, yeah. it's probably, <laughs> then you'll probably be disappointed. So don't look at that part. But anyway, if you look at Raven Precision YouTube, is where you go. Yep, uh, that would be your website, and then you hit select videos, and then from there. You hit uh, look for the Sidekick Pro injection pump maintenance. Mm-hmm. And what I basically do is I dismantle the whole pump one section at a time, explain it's, you know, goes through the seals, the O rings, mm-hmm. talk about the replacement parts, what's all involved there. And you get a real idea, I think, also how the pump works. I think people too many times uh, they buy the pump and they're, oh man, there's these. You know, the unknown inside, what right. what do I deal with, kind of probably that anxiety, simply because you don't know how it works. So if you mm-hmm. go through this, you get a better understanding of it and realize it's not that complicated what goes on inside that pump. It's fairly simple, and the parts, anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking the parts and servicing the pump probably takes about a half an hour at the most. Right. So, But I always recommend for people who've never done this before, re- look at the video. It's right. Like I said, 11 minutes doesn't take that much of your time. And so. the, like, you mentioned it in the video as well, but probably, like, the trickiest part is just making sure you don't mix the intake and discharge valves. We've right. actually just recently made that a little bit easier because the, yeah, is it the discharge valves that are blue? Yes. No, no it's the, intake, the intake valves valve that are intake blue. Intake valves are blue. I know over the years, years past, they uh, look similar. They're both mm-hmm. in a white plastic type material called Kynar, each of these valves, and they were, you know, Inlet and discharge were mm-hmm. the same. Well, now we've changed that. And we've, a uh, little bit, we've made them more robust, the inlet valves, so mm-hmm. they can withstand pressure much better because we did have some issues in years past that maybe the pressure would spike if someone's going with a 120-foot boom uh, with high pressure driving 20-plus right. miles an hour and they flip the switch off, the pressure would spike and we could see these things crush. That doesn't happen anymore. So, And at the same time, we made them blue. Mm-hmm. So. And so it's easier to uh, not get them mixed up. But that being said, uh, pump maintenance is really a good essential part of keeping these pumps going. It's just like any other uh, pieces of equipment that you have with small moving parts. You've got to realize that it just takes a little bit of Mm -hmm. time. Uh, But they can pump all kinds of chemicals. Uh, People wondering, well, how thick must it be, you know, we have a, what's called a 20 mesh screen, mm-hmm. and 20 mesh means 20 holes per square inch. 
But that means, and I always tell people, if it can fit through that screen, you generally can pump the chemical, and you won't be have any issues. Right. We do not uh, probably recommend against the uh, wettable powders if they have a lot of grit and sand that may get in there. And I talk about that in the, the maintenance video. You know, mm-hmm. those small that grit can probably form on the movable parts and cause some issues. But right. Uh, if we're under applying more times than not, it's probably we have some debris or some kind of issues within that pump itself is why we're under applying. Mm-hmm. So other well, than that, I think I've covered most of the things, but I hope you realize that there's a lot of good advantages out there to using direct injection. You know, it's like Matt and I discussed at the beginning of the uh, podcast here is the fact that there's maybe it, it requires more setup and it requires an investment to use the injection pump and add that on. But the time saved, the uh, the handling of the chemical, everything that goes with it is uh, just a huge advantage. Right. And to get to that point, I think is uh, something that once. I very seldom see people once they get going on it and they know and understand the pump that they want to take the pump off and not use it. Right. They see the advantages themselves. And and uh, you were kind of alluding to it earlier. Just it helps avoid some. It helps avoid certain headaches because uh, you talked about the the viscosity of a chemical, let's say, and if you have a pretty heavy tank mix, it might not change it too much, but. You may have to tweak your uh, your meter cal a little bit because those flow meters are calibrated with water. So now yeah. if you're using direct injection, you're just using that straight meter cal because all you're using is water through it. That's and correct. This, these got... chemicals don't go through the flow meter. They go through an inline mixer after everything. That's right. Yep. And that you bring up a good point, too. We do require an inline mixer. We do not mm. feel the turbulence of the flow of the mainstream right. is enough to mix the chemical. So what we do is we bring... Um, Mixer in, we put that in. The, it's usually the size of the main uh, carrier line, or probably just a half inch larger. And we have cross section, no movable parts, but it's cross section baffles, and that folds and stirs and mixes the chemical up enough that we're probably covered. Well, we are covered good enough that the chemical right. will always be mixed accordingly. Well, all right, all right. Is there anything else you think you wanted to? Mm, you rocked it. You rocked it Did as I? usual. I don't know. Did I? <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, but uh, with that, I think, just call it? We're done. Or, we're done. Gary says we're done. Okay. All right. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>